You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. This episode is a highlight clip from this week's full episode. To listen in on the complete conversation, see the show notes for the link to the complete show. You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate every bit of your support. I'm Morgan McKittrick, your producer, and this is Decidedly. One thing I love about ancient philosophy that you don't get in a lot of modern philosophy is although they are thinking at a very deep level, they're also talking about things that we all encounter all the time and that matter to all of us, like how to be a good friend. And when you do start to ask people about that, like what do you value in a friend, let's say, you know, it it might not immediately come to the surface that people might not walk around thinking about this, but like everybody's doing philosophy about those sorts of questions all the time. And we actually have like operating philosophies, like scripts that are running in the background that we might not examine directly, but that ancient philosophy can help us to sort of bring to the surface, you know, rather than talking about like is yellow square or circle or some really abstract problem. Guys like Aristotle will often go to like, how do I make a virtuous choice in this or that situation? And what does it mean to be good at being human? And I do think we kind of all philosophize about that just daily. Yeah, that's a really good point is that there's uh, philosophizing going on all the time, always throughout history. And right, right. now it seems like what's happening in our culture, um, and it feels like everyone's kind of awakening to it at the same time, at least maybe that's only my experience, but um, awakening to the fact that there's one side of the the table that's philosophizing and saying, "Hey, we can let's figure this out together without looking backwards at all," and then the other side of the table, which um, you're certainly well educated on and the most educated representative that we've spoken to on, is saying, "Well, let's philosophize about these important issues, but look to the past and get their wisdom first. Yeah, I mean, there's such a weird. It's such a weird thing to say, and you're absolutely right. This is very common now to be like, yeah, all the good answers to all the important questions were thought up sometime after like 1850 or so. Like there's a real quote from G.G. Simpson, this paleontologist, and you know, Richard Dawkins uses this a lot, that all the important answers were thought up after Charles Darwin. And what's so funny about this is when you look at the kind of thinking that it kind of ropes people into you know, oh, our ancestors were evil. Our founding fathers held slaves and therefore America is like foundationally flawed, let's say. Or go back further, like the Greeks, right? They didn't give full political rights to women and therefore they have no moral legitimacy. They have no also had slaves. To right. Stand. Yeah. right. Also held slaves, like, like most societies throughout most of history. And the thing that's just to, to me kind of really... Uh, it, I, I won't even say that it's illogical, although it is. It's it's just sort of a, a losing proposition. The thing that just doesn't work about that is if you are going to say, oh, it's bad that the founding fathers held slaves, I, I'll agree with you. It is. But there's only one reason that I know that it's bad, and it's because of the founding fathers, who in turn were drawing on these you know, Judeo-Christian traditions. In other words, ideas don't just drop out of the sky. They come to us from somewhere and they're not perfect when they're thought up and we're not perfect ever. And so when you're saying things like, oh, you know, we need to move forward into our bright, liberated 
future and just get rid of this sort of antiquated, superstitious past. I mean, the words, the literal words coming out of your mouth don't make any sense because concepts like liberation and, you know, the the kind of uh, enlightenment that we're all seeking, those are coming to you from the exact traditions and from the exact history that you now want to condemn and toss out. So on one level, I guess, like I too want a bright liberated future. I just think it lies in exactly the opposite direction from the folks that want to toss out the past. Yeah. Well, you said something that I want to touch on um, that made, made sense to me, but I think would open you up to heavy criticism from the other side, right? Which is the only reason I know that slavery was bad was because of the founding fathers. And I can hear it now is all of these yeah. people <laughs> saying, oh, really, Spencer, you 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 wouldn't know? You mean you wouldn't just figure this out on your own? So right. I, I think I know the answer to why that is a silly way of thinking. Um, but yeah. I, I want to hear your explanation of why the criticism that some people have towards past ideas um, and their assumption that they would find the moral path on their own is wrong. So I refer to this as the if I had been there fallacy. And the if I had been there fallacy goes like this. Oh, these backwards generations, these you know people from the past that they did all these nasty, bad things. If I had been there. I would have been an abolitionist. I would have been, I mean, people do this with like the story of Jesus, right? Like I would have been one of the ones at the cross, like helping him out. <laughs> and the, the truth of the matter is one thing you learn from studying ancient history is that we are all products of our time. We all live within our historical context. And if you look at the vast sort of sweep of human history and you find that most people at most times in most places have not believed that all men are created equal, then there's a pretty good chance, I hate to break it to you, that if you had been raised in that context, those other backwards benighted eras, you would also not believe that all men are created equal. And so it might not even occur to you to question the moral validity of slavery. I'm not saying slavery wouldn't have been just as wrong back then as it is now and always. I'm just saying that the notion that you are such a virtuous person and you have so much inborn common sense and you are so intuitively connected to the absolute eternal truth that had you been born in any time in any place, you would have just known that all men are created equal. That's the if I had been there fallacy. And it comes from a certain degree of arrogance, but also naivete. It's like, it, I have bad news for you if you think this way. It's that the humans aren't actually all that great. And like, you're not actually all that great. I'm not all that great. And so, yeah, it does come from this sort of, I mean, sometimes it's sort of smuggled in. People don't, you know, acknowledge it or, or look at this idea. But it's true. It's like, if you had been there, you'd probably have been just as bad as those other guys. And it took time and wrestling and effort and blood, sweat, tears for people to figure out, no, actually, if each human being is invested with the image of God, then there are certain moral consequences to that that make slavery an abomination. And, you know, we had to fight wars over this stuff. So the, the idea that, like, you know, the people who wrote the words and signed the words, all men are created equal, those people are somehow less moral and less intuitively connected to the truth than you. And therefore, you get to sit in judgment of over them. It just doesn't hold up. I mean, it's a it's just it's a way of looking at history that just puts way too much faith in your own kind of personal virtue. Yeah, you know, I think the people who take that position that if I had been there, 
it's a it's a way to sort of get a a badge of virtue without earning it. But it's it's also right. unknowable. You you don't know what you would have done had you been there in 1944 yeah. Germany. Uh, you you don't know what you would have done in you know in 1800s you know in in south of you know southern United States and. The, the, the very fact that you and all your friends believe you would have been different, the fact that you and all your friends think that, probably would cut against that argument <laughs> that you would have been sign. the one standing alone against the crowd. Uh, exactly. But I, but I think people we, in the past... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, people in the past don't think they're in the past, right? Right. And so <laughs> right. we look at them and we're like, oh, you know, they've obviously, they've made an obviously wrong decision. But the only thing that makes it obviously wrong is the outcome that then occurred, which we don't know when we're in the moment. And so, like, we Great are point. currently living through somebody else's past. And somebody's going to look back at us and be like, I can't believe they didn't, you know, I, I can name a few things that I think might look like our great moral atrocities in hindsight that are now perfectly normal and accepted. But even if I acknowledge that I, too, have my blind spots, it's like there might be something that I don't even think about now that somebody a hundred years down the line could look at me and say, I can't believe they ever thought that was okay. I mean, maybe it's like factory farming. Yeah. I don't know. Like I eat a ton of meat that probably people will be like, I can't believe anyone ever thought you could treat animals that so way. So re really good decision-making point is uh, there's a temptation to judge decisions based on their outcome. And uh, like a uh, really, really good example of this is football fans, right? You went for it on fourth, coach went for it on fourth down. They didn't make it. It was obvious. He's a gone for it. He's, he's an idiot. idiot. He should have kicked a field goal. Well, you only say that because it didn't work. You know, you don't know yeah, the yeah, myriad yeah. of reasons what defensive alignment they had, the sprained knee that your running back had, all of the different stats that went in analytics that went into the decision to go for it. No, it doesn't matter. They didn't make it, so therefore they did the wrong thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to see the if I had been there fallacy at work, just sit with a bunch of guys watching a football game, right? Yes, they're all saying that all the time. If I were the coach, if I were the quarterback, if I were doing this. Thing, yeah, whatever. I think that's a, that's important for people to recognize is this I have been there fallacy exists on big picture issues and really small issues. And it's it's a huge impediment to growing in our own decision making capabilities, right? Because every time yeah. I do that, I'm missing a lesson. Now, you might be able to look back at the decisions that other people made, whether it's the founding fathers' decisions to write, decision to write down all men are created equal while they had slaves at their own plantation, or the decision yeah. of, you know, Jason Garrett to run for it on fourth. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. Garrett. I say Jason Garrett. Pulling up 1990. Whatever. My point uh, is that 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 inhibits your ability to learn from their mistake. Yeah, maybe it is a mistake, but instead of saying, hey, I would have done it different, say, well, what Man, what would have caused them to do it this way? And then maybe you can learn something. What would the rationale be? And then we can learn something that way. Thanks for making the great decision to listen in to this week's episode highlight. If you want more of what you just heard, see the show notes for the full episode. As always, for the latest decision-making tips, find us on decidedlypodcast.com or on Instagram at decidedlypodcast. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter from the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. We read all of your comments, so if you learned some decision-making tips today, let us know. Until next time, this is Decidedly.
Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Sanger Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.